Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Thursday, October 22nd. Joining us today once again, we got Vince LaRosa from 110 Football. Vince, how you doing? I'm great, man. I'm happy to be back. I'm glad. I guess I did an okay job my first time, so I got a call back. Of course, man. We got we to get you back here, you know, talking to, um, talking all things LAFC, big rivalry week, uh, obviously for LAFC versus LA Galaxy, the fourth El Trafico of the year. I know some people may think that's a lot, but it's the year of 2020, the year of COVID. There's so many things going on. And also want to promote people to vote, you know, go out there and vote. I think it's a very important election. Maybe shirts, you know, just just to get the soccer community out there and encourage them to vote. So, you know, that that's just my two cents on it. No, dude, do the vote early, vote now, man. I already voted by mail. I did Same. ballot tracks. I tracked it all, made sure that they got it. So, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be voting. Um, and uh, even if it's, look, I would say vote for everything. Go go do a little bit of research. Try your best to to vote because politics are, are local and things matter. Um, but at the very least, it's a presidential election. One of the, you know, I'm not going to say who to vote for, but one of these two sides could be really bad for you. So make sure that you're going out there and you're you're making a decision and you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, and like you said, the the local things, which are essentially a little bit more tangible, right? Like the props and all those different things. I think those are very, very important because you could see the change right away. Um, but yeah, just go. I just want to go out there and encourage everybody to vote. Um, big, like I said, a big week uh, for just sports in general, right? We have the Dodgers in the World Series. We have the Lakers who won the World Championship. Uh, we have two LA Galaxy teams. So like right now, it feels like LA sports are kind of like the mecca of you know, just sports in general, every, everywhere you see, there's an LA team. And I think it's a very exciting uh, time for the city, a very exciting time for LA sports, even though uh, this is the year of 2020, I think sports have helped us. I feel like for me, obviously, I know I'm a big, I'm going to be biased because I'm a big sports guy, but it has helped us, at least me get through 2020. Yeah, man, there's still a bit of a buzz. I feel like when I, when the few times that like I have to go to the grocery store or maybe travel out and about, I see some Dodgers hats rolling around there now more than I did maybe a month ago. And uh, <laughs> I definitely hear, uh, I hear some shouts coming from the apartments all around me. So man, it's, even though we can't be there in person and that's what's the biggest bummer, especially, you know, the Lakers win a championship. We can't be there. Can't have a parade. Dodgers might win something. And then obviously how big these rivalry matches have been at bank and both at dignity health sports park. I know we're, we're, we're super bummed, but there's still a little bit of a buzz. And even though this is the fourth time, no one can say that this doesn't matter to them. I know, I know they can try to play it off and be like, Oh, it's too many times, but guaranteed whistle blows on Sunday. People are going to be glued to their TV and they're going to definitely live or die by every kick of the ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's going to be an exciting time this Sunday. But before we get into the, the game this weekend, I want to go uh, just a little step back. Uh, the last game, obviously, the face of Portland in Portland, mm-hmm. they tied 1-1. Game goal, it's game time goal came from the academy player, Christian Torres, 16-year-old kid. Amazing. 
I thought that was a big step. I thought that was just a big step for LAFC as a as an organization and as a club because it's showing what they're doing is working, right? And you have yeah. a 16 year old kid comes in and makes an impact on the game. It helps you get one point, but also I think it also shows you the future and it also paves the way for future kids, future homegrown kids from Southern Southern California. They have they have a path, and I feel like Christian Torres. Uh, there's Eric, and I think one more. I, I can't remember his name, but Tony Leone. Yeah, exactly. Those three are paving the way for future talent not to leave Cam- California. And LAFC looks like to be one of the academies where you have that pathway to make it to the first team, and that's happening. I think it's a it's a great. I just want you to, wanted to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, one of the most important parts about LAFC's academy was the fact that they decided they were going to start from scratch. They were going to start. Uh, you know, they, they had the chance. They could have taken on the, the Chivas Academy, and, and that would have had some good players in it, right? Like Efren Alvarez would have been technically an LFC player had they de- decided to go that way, and they very well could have. And I know a lot of people derided that choice, saying, like, why would you pass up that amount of talent? But what they wanted to do was start from U12s and say, let's get a program in place where we know we're, we're moving guys up each level, and every level they're moving up, they're continuing to learn the way we want to play, the way Bob Bradley wants to play, the way this team wants to be envisioned so that there's no disconnect. So, yeah, there was an academy before. How, who's to say what those players have been doing those years before? You're going to get you know, a group of under 12 to under 19 possibly, and you have no idea, right? But when you start your academy from scratch, you can be meticulous about every level. And so that's why this has been so important, and that's why – guys like Christian Torres can come into a game and make an actual impact. I mean, the first thing you want when you put an academy kid in, and normally it comes in weird circumstances, which 2020 is a weird circumstance. You want to be able to look out there and say, okay, he doesn't look too overwhelmed. He's not going to get, you know, bloodied is kind of the term for it, but he's not going to get just beaten up to the point where his confidence is going to get completely just, you know, shot out of the water and never wants to play again. So that step has already been, They've already done that. You know, Christian came in in that game against Seattle before the Portland game, mm-hmm. played 45 minutes and looked looked good. I mean, he looks like he he deserves to be out there. Eric Duenas comes in for his first time against Vancouver. Um, and he's going against Ali Adnan, who's at least a foot taller than him, got like 60 pounds on him, and he doesn't seem scared. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a big dude, um, and he doesn't seem scared. And then so then the next step is, okay, well, can they contribute? And when he comes into that game, you know what that game was crying out for from LAFC, actually from, from most of the game from both sides, and they got Portland got their little bit of it with some quality, some quality from the attackers. Portland gets their goal through a nice little link up where Valeri you know, lets the ball run through to Bobasi. Bobasi just smashes that in. That's some good quality. LAFC on the night, unfortunately, they had you know Adrian Perez didn't really look up to snuff. He's actually the one that lost the ball that led to the goal. Danny Masowski's been very good, but I feel like Wing is not necessarily his best position, although he can play it well. Um, he's a much better center forward. Um, so they throw on Mahala, who's a, also a young player, not an academy player for LFC, but Mahala and Christian Torres, and they go out there and they engineer a goal, and that's kind of what was missing from LFC that whole game, and that's where, even though it's a tie, to steal a point, get your academy kid to score, do it without all the starters that you've had away at an international duty. I mean, that's that feels like a win, as much as a tie can be a win. It really felt like it. Yeah, uh, no, going back to one of the first points you made is from the academy, um, you know, starting from scratch and showing them the, hey, this is the LAFC way, right? Barcelona has the Barcelona way. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so important because this is a type of style. So once you come in from the academy to here, 
you're not confused. You don't know, you know, you, you know what your role is, right? If you're mm-hmm. a defender, if you're a wing, if you're playing, all right, if I'm assuming they're playing four, three, three, you understand what, what, to, what to do because you've, you've been doing it for so many years. And I think it, it's, it's really paving the way. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I just want to applaud LAFC for the, for the job that they're, they're doing. And like I said, again, it, it's, it's really showing that the kids in Southern California, they don't have to go outside of California. They don't have to go to Texas. They don't have to go to Florida or wherever, you know, that talent can stay here because there's so much of that talent, that talent could stay here and grow. And you can see that the players, you're right. Are Christian Torres. I know it's early, but, think about it a year or two years from now mm-hmm. say he plays goes and plays in europe right or whatever wherever, wherever his future may lead him and stuff i think right now it's all about grooming him it looks like they have the right staff the right people to groom him learning from carlos vela right obviously arguably the best player in mls you know you learn all those things at a young age and you're 16 years old you're you're going to be a sponge and by the time you get to carlos vela age or you get to you know 25 22 or 23 whatever you you already have so many games in and i think that experience is just going to it's just going to grow the sport in la and it's just it's going to grow the pathway even more and more kids are going to want to join the LAFC Academy because there's a real shot of making mm-hmm. the first team. Yeah, LAFC has already proven that they're more than willing to play young kids, whether they're from an academy setting or from another country. And so this just gives you another uh, example that you can look at and say, hey, if I'm 15, 16 year old, years old and I like the way LAFC plays, I might want to try to get to that academy because they're going to give me the real chance. And they're also going to put me, like you said, with the people and with the time and with the expertise. And that's one thing that I think a lot of academies overlooked. I think it was uh, it was Jesse Marsh that was just on Extra Time Radio, and he said, you know, a lot of academies they wasted their money, and he's he said, and they wasted a lot of money because they would spend millions of dollars, and but they forgot about the fact that you need to have uh, a consistent identity, you need to have people, you need to have time, and that was again the most important part that LFC stressed when they started from scratch, and I think it shows because there's certain academies like LFC, I would say FC Dallas. Uh, I would say New York Red Bulls, which is where Jesse Marsh came from. They look at it that way. It's not just about putting up five to ten million dollars and hoping that you can squeeze some talent out of a, a talented Southern California. It's about the time and energy that you also put into it with the money. And this is kind of proof of concept. Yeah, exactly. So like, once again, I applaud them for the job that they're doing and the pathway they're creating for young kids here in Southern California. I just want to get a little bit uh, more into the lineup in the game. We saw Jesus Mourinho. He had the Colombian connection with Eddie Segura. Uh, I think it was a very exciting thing if you're, if you're an LAFC fan, because it looks like he's going to have that number one spot along with Eddie Segura. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was early. I, I don't remember the game much, um, but I think he still needs to get used to uh, his friends. You know, there's a couple of plays that, are, that I realized, okay, you know, he, it, it's, it comes with time, but I feel like right now, I think after this LAFC game or you, if you include it, you only have four games and then it's postseason, right? Yeah. So he's kind of, he's kind of in a, in a, in a, in a difficult situation, but he's also a professional. I have looked at some of his highlights and I think he knows how to play, how to play that position. I think it just comes with them. Eddie Segura, uh, Mourinho, Pablo Cisneros, and whether now it's Chiqui Palacios that comes back, Latif, you know, we, we'll get more into that. And, you know, just getting to understand that that four back line. I think they just mm-hmm. got to understand a little bit more. And I think that that's going to come with time, but I think it's a, it's a very exciting time because I think that's where, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think that's where they were really lacking since Walker Zimmerman. Um, you know, you, you saw Bob Bradley put in a couple of different players there. At times you saw Jordan Harvey play there. I think now that they got a piece um, with Jesus Mourinho and with Eddie Segura, I think this is going to elevate Eddie Segura because I think without Walker Zimmerman, I, I hadn't, I had not seen Eddie be that Eddie Segura of last year. And I think him having that Colombian connection, 
uh, being able to talk and all that, you know, Pablo Cisneros obviously speaks Spanish. I think them building that relationship, it's, it's really going to help Eddie Segura the most out of this. Yeah. From what I heard, uh, Jesus Murillo didn't have a training session. So a lot of the things that you saw, a lot of the, um, the kind of instances where he maybe looked like he wasn't sure, didn't know what, what, you know, what I saw is kind of the same things you saw. I, th- I think in the buildup, there was a few times where, um, he didn't know what pass to make. And, and that makes sense when you hear that he's only been training alone because he had his quarantine period and, and he was uh, finishing out his deal. And then there's a few times where he maybe was maybe a little bit slow on a rotation because LAFC really likes to, uh, push the, you know, push the presence forward, push players forward. And that's going to leave center backs in instances where they're going to have to switch into space and cover for guys as they go forward. Um, but he didn't make any glaring mistakes. And I think mm-hmm. there was a very good platform and a basis for what you would think more training sessions and a couple more games under his belt. They're going to have it down. And, and like you said, him and Eddie Segura from my just kind of watching a couple highlights and I know it, it seems kind of lazy cause they're both from Columbia, but like I kept watching it. I'm like, man, he really looks like Eddie. Like he mm-hmm. plays in a similar fashion. He's an active defender. Um, he'll take the initiative when he has to, he'll get in there and tackle. He's a good one V one defender. I think he's probably a little bit better in the air. Although I would say um, just cause Eddie's not tall. doesn't mean he's not good in the air. He's pretty decent in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they really um, they're very similar. And I think um, having someone that you can just count on week in and week out, like for both those guys, Mario and for Eddie, they just look and go, I know who's going to be next to me. Mm-hmm. I know what he's going to do, especially in the LFC system when there's so many 1v1 opportunities. That is almost, that makes them better. It's like the sum of their parts come together and they become even better. Yeah, and he, he's such a physical body too, a physical presence. You see him and like, um, like you said, I didn't know he had he had a no training ses- no training session, but I know I think he was finishing up his season uh, with, with Independiente, the club mm-hmm. in, uh, that he came from. So it was kind of like a perfect scenario. He was still playing. He was still active. He didn't miss that much time. Um, so it kind of makes sense. Just hey, let's throw him in there. You know, he 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 hasn't missed too much time. I know he has to get to the system, but I think, like I said, I think it's going to be a very exciting time. I think he just has obviously has to get more games in, and now you you're going to have that a couple more pieces in right where you get four uh, four starters back. Uh, Chiqui Palacios, Sufuentes, uh, and Brian Rodriguez and uh, Rossi. So I, I think it I think it's a very exciting time. I think this game, uh, you know, looking forward to this LA Galaxy game, it's going to be. I think it's a, it's going to be a tough game, but I also think it's going to be a very exciting game because you're going to see all the pieces and potentially you might see Carlos Vela as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the biggest things, I mean, we're going to go, go more into the game and you know this as well as I do. It's almost impossible to predict this this game. It seems yep. like every time a team it's, is I riding, feel like it's 50-50, man. These games... It's all, yeah. These games are crazy. You you can't, even if something like... we Whether LAFC's rolling or Galaxy, it, they, these games are hard to predict. Well, we've literally had games where like a team is in first place, mm-hmm. flying high. Other teams in last place, and that team in last place takes it to the first place team, and and vice versa. And so, yeah, I, I don't. It's a coin toss. It literally is. Mm-hmm. But if you're an LAFC fan, you have to be excited by the fact that the just the sheer quality that's going to come back into the lineup, and that's like you said, not even including possibly Carlos Vela. Uh, I would say that Tristan Blackman is probably, as we heard after the Portland game, Bob Bradley seems to think he might be ready to go within this game or the next game. So that's, we're now talking between four and six starters, you know yeah. I mean? And, and really the only like guy that that's out and for sure out is going to be Mark Anthony K. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big golf in quality. That's a big level. And um, you know, those guys held the, the great thing was those guys that had to step in, they kind of held their own. So you, you kind of look at that and say, okay, now those guys that go back to the bench, they got a little bit of confidence if they have to come in in tight moments, which this game's going to be tight moments. I just, I never, 
there was the 62 game in Orlando, but I just, I don't ever think that there's going to be uh, blowouts per se. Even when the Galaxy in these past two games have won 2 0 and 3 0, those weren't blowouts. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The 2 0 game, the 2 0 game is the closest thing to a blowout, but not in the scoreline. Like the mm-hmm. Galaxy just played LAFC off the pitch in that game when we came back from, from Orlando, but still it was only 2 0. You know what I mean? So there's always, there's this close, it's the margins, it's the energy, it's the, it's the rivalry. I mean, this is what rivalries are supposed to be. Yeah. And I think it's exciting. Um, right. Just cause like, you don't know, I just don't think I was telling Josh yesterday. I just wish if you had like, right, it's four games if we would have had fans, right. Obviously we know, we know the situation, but like, man, just the way these games have gone and you know, there's just the atmosphere and I have that. And mm-hmm. you know, another thing that I had mentioned is just like, I can't wait till one of these days in the future, we have either one of these games at SoFi stadium or at the Rose bowl you know, mm-hmm. for like a neutral location. So you play three yeah. a year or whatever, and you're able to sell out the Rose Bowl or uh, SoFi Stadium, which I, I think you can do. I think I think it's, it's, a, it's a likelihood that that could happen. And, you know, I'm almost excited for when that day comes. Do you, do you see that? Uh, I would see one caveat. SoFi is artificial turf. Yeah, so I did. I did that, mention that, but you would okay. have to have grass. You would have. Yeah, you you have. You have to do it with grass. Yeah, I would you say have to both invest t- the money to get grass yeah. in there. As much as we know that Bob Bradley loves loves grass field, I would say the Galaxy would agree as well. There's no way they want to play on turf. But yeah, I, I do. I mean, throw the Coliseum in there. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the Coliseum. Yeah, LA Aztecs game. I, I guarantee. I mean, people watch people watch these games with when fans are there, and they think to themselves, "Oh man, I should have been there." And so they're in, the, and it, it's every single time, right? Mm-hmm. So. Definitely, I think that that's that's on the table, and that that would be a great thing. As much as I think you'd get a little bit of argument from either side fans saying, "Well, we want to be in our own home stadium." I mean, yeah. you want to be in your spot, you want to be in your this the place you always sit. But uh, what an advertisement for! Look, we, I've said this to you, and I think we both agreed on this. Los Angeles is always a soccer city. It's not yeah. like LAFC came and found a, a you know brought in a bunch of new fans from. No, they just woke up, man, and the, the rivalry woke up. And now all these people are, are taking notice again and they have something, they just need something to be excited about. I, I, I disagree that LA just wants winners. I think they just want excitement. They want yeah. to feel like they're part of something. And I think this rivalry, you, you pick a side and you're part of it, man. You're in. Yeah, and it's it's so it's so passionate. It's, it's such a such a passionate rivalry. Um, but what I will say you do you do want winners though. You do like you know LA is considered the city of champions, and at the end of the day, you do want you you do want a champion out of these two teams. And say LAFC, they they win the championship. They win the MLS Cup this year, for example. You're gonna get a lot of people from the other team come to this team. I could see that, you know what I'm saying? I could really I could really see that happening because wherever the people, you know, as much as they don't want to say they're bandwagons, you know, if you win and you bring a championship to LA, that just it's going to speak volumes of you even more and you're going to attract yeah. a lot more of that fan base to your team. So, I think I think it's exciting, it's exciting for the future and like you said, I, I'm with you that it has to be a grass field if you do play it in SoFi. Oh man, because I was looking, I was looking at capacity, max capacity seven, seven. It starts at seventy thousand mm-hmm. and up to a hundred thousand, and that's if they want to do the Super Bowl type of thing. And I think you yeah. could potentially get up there, potentially get up there. I guaranteed we could get at least like the seventy that you know you see at Atlanta United games. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't see why you couldn't get that easily. Yeah, no, it's gonna it's a big exciting. So, um, so just moving on, another thing on this uh, this previous game. So one thing we didn't we did not see, uh, Latif Blessing. He did not play. I don't think he uh, traveled with the team. Um, there's been speculations, rumors that um, 
he was uh, potentially going, going to Vasco, the, the Brazilian club. Um, so from what I was told, I was told that uh, the reason he did not travel with the team because he was not feeling well. He did not, he did not have COVID. He was not experiencing, he tested negative for COVID. So that's what I was told. Um, and that's what I'm going with. Um, and I also think, uh, you know, the move to Vasco necessarily doesn't make sense. And some of the things that I'm hearing, I think Vasco has moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just kind of, and I don't know, and then, well, I think we're going to see this weekend, um, you know, if, 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 you know, with all these pieces coming back with all the depth that LA, LAFC has, if, uh, LA, if, Latif is feeling well and if he makes the roster yeah that'll be the big I guess that'll confirm whatever people think either way I mean we got to say you reported this man you were the first of this you put that out there and when I saw what you reported about Latif not feeling well I was like yeah I didn't Mm -hmm. follow up anymore because in my mind the the Vasco rumors were simply rumors and maybe um, you know, like I said a little bit right before we went on, transfers are not always 100% untrue mm-hmm. or true. Um, there's probably some truth to the rumors. However, when you start stacking things up, as I was doing with this Vosco rumor, it just wasn't making sense. And and I honestly thought it was completely squashed because Bob Bradley had come on and said, it makes mm-hmm. no sense for us to loan a player at this time. Um, if a player wants to move, yes, we will consider it, but it has to be good for the team and good for the player. Um, and it looked like it got recycled. And I mean this in the true sense of recycled because the Ghana press put it out. Mm-hmm. Now yep. the press, the, the article that the Ghana press put out is an identical version to the Brazilian press. It's just in English instead of Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So that to me is a red flag. It always is. There's no new information. We're not hearing it from us media. We're not hearing it from Brazilian media. It's always, it's always weird to me. I mean, I know Latif is from Ghana, but why would a, a Ghanaian paper have some kind of scoop? I mean, mm-hmm. um, so in the, in my mind, that's why when I saw what you reported, I was like, yeah, I, I think it's a non-starter for me. Um, but that's not to say that that Vasco didn't maybe reach out to Latif's agent. That's the way these things happen, mm-hmm. and players like to be liked. Um, we know that Latif in, in the past has talked about wanting more money. He got his raise that you know before the 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 season. So um, he definitely look. Pl- players have to do what's best for them, and I don't begrudge them because their window to play is so short. But I would say whenever you're looking at transfers, just kind of stack it up. Like just, it's almost like a pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's too many red flags, I would, I would lay off it a little bit more. And then as things stack up, like, like with your report that he was just sick, that makes, it makes sense. It like fits into everything. So you just mm-hmm. continue to go with it. Now, if Latif is not on the bench, then maybe we need to start asking more questions again. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm with you on that. If, if Latif is not on the bench, if he does, or if he doesn't play, I think, I think even if he doesn't play, um, that's why I think we, we start asking a little bit more questions um, because, you know, I think there may be something more, more to that, but right now I'm just going with what I've been told. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's something else, I think we're, we're going to find out We're you know, we're both smart enough to read between the lines. And I think a lot of people, I think online, what, what really, you know, the report came out and then he, he didn't, he didn't travel with the team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that added a lot to the speculation to a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, right now I think, Latif is too important for, for LAFC right now because he plays so many dis- different positions. I, I, I consider him the X factor for them just to want him, essentially let him go, you know? If it, it, it has yeah, to for, make sense. For almost, for basically free, for nothing. Yeah, it, I mean, look, economically, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like Latif Blessing I, I, on the open market, to me, is at least a $2 million player. And you're going to tell me that, that we're going to loan him and right before the playoffs and get nothing in return? 
it just, again, it just doesn't add up. Even if the stories are true about his wife or being mm -hmm. unsettled, I feel like that can be worked out. Whereas just sending a player to Brazil with no return, nothing, no investment coming from it, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think if it's a deal with where they lose money, or I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but if the deal doesn't like necessarily make sense because of how valuable he is, but we have also seen LAFC on the other side um, with the defender Lawrence Amont, right? They, they, they make, they worked out that deal for him, you know, to to to, to leave but because made, of it. But they made money on that. Keep that okay, in mind. Exactly. Exactly. That was my next point. That was my next point. But they obviously it was beneficial for both sides, and I don't. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, um, not saying that I'm not saying that the team doesn't care, but I think this in a way kind of may have came out of nowhere uh, yeah. from what we're seeing, what we're hearing it may kind of just came out of nowhere. And I don't know if a team wants to feel pressure to, Hey, this is what I want. This is what it is. Obviously we don't know if that's the situation, but I think we'll find out this Sunday um, if he does play, if he is on the bench and those things like that. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but I think it was very important uh, to, to hit on. So now moving on to the to the LA Galaxy game, which we obviously touched on, um, with the four DPs back, um, do you? I'm assuming if you're Brad Bradley, you you put him back on there, right? You 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 have to put him back on there. You have to put Diego Rossi on there. You have to put Brian Rodriguez back there. Cifuentes, Chico Palacios. I think to me is it's how we know how deep they are on, mm -hmm. on, on the midfield. Even you know, obviously with Mar with Mark Anthony K being injured, but I also want to see that defense because I think the biggest question mark of this team has been that defense. And I know we just talked about Jesus Mourinho. I think I would just want to see. I know it's going to be one game, but they got three more games after this. I think it's going to be a very a, a very exciting game, but also to see how strong the defense is. Yeah, this is the time of year, regardless of the fact that you're playing the Galaxy, where the bench starts to maybe get a little bit shorter. It's the guys that you can mm -hmm. trust, right? Because sooner or later or not just not not later really sooner there's going to be games where you make a mistake and you're going home you're done it's one-offs in the playoffs right so you got to really have the guys you can trust and i would say you'd be crazy in a rivalry game to have that much quality and not put it right back into the team but on top of it look some guys played okay mm -hmm. um i think the seattle game was was a very good squad victory um danny Masofsky looked great in that game um a couple guys looked really good in that game vancouver not so much uh, Portland, not so much, except for at the very end with Christian Torres. There's nobody I don't I think that's the form is so blazing that you could uh, say, oh Diego Rossi doesn't deserve to play. Oh, who's Jose C. Fuentes doesn't deserve to play. I mean, at this point, um, all positions were really up for grabs, and you're gonna want to put the most quality into your squad as possible. And that means those four guys. And I think they go right back in, and players understand that, right? Mm -hmm. I, they they know that when guys are gone on international duty. It's not to their it's not to their fault. It's because they're good, mm -hmm. um, and that's why they're going. So they they kind of have an idea. Like, man, unless I play out of my mind, and I'm I'm really just irreplaceable, it, it's a good chance I'm gonna be pulled out back out of the starting lap. But like I said, what you can be is now the trusted first guy off the bench. You're an option yeah. off the bench, and especially in a big game like a playoff game when you maybe make less subs, you can at least be somebody that Bob Bradley thinks, okay, I need to turn this game around. I'll look at that player. So that's something that you, that's probably what you're vying for in, in these mm -hmm. moments. So let, let's get into that because I think that's a, that's a very important key because I think the, the DP players come back and start. Uh, I think that obviously makes sense. So now who are, who are the players? I think I know one, but who are the outside of, I'm assuming Danny Masowski is number one, right? Coming off the bench uh, for the offense. Uh, who are the other players that you saw throughout this, obviously with this, with the DP players gone that you feel like whether it's defense midfield and obviously 
the forwards, uh, who will be that the guys he can go to? Obviously, he still has those five subs. Who who do you think? Um, I feel like some of the defenders raise their stock considerably uh, higher than than we had them at. Uh, I think Jordan Harvey for one. Yep. Um, a lot of people were very low on him um, coming out of Orlando, and I, I feel like a lot of that wasn't his fault per se. I mean, yes, that goal in the last minute gets scored, he misses his PK. Those are things that I feel like you can reason away, but um, his form wasn't quite as high as I think he probably would have wanted. And this last stretch, we've seen more the Jordan Harvey that we saw last season as compared to in, in spots this year. Uh, and then I think Mohamed El Munir, and I think he really needed this to, to play to mm-hmm. play well because he's had moments where he has played well and he can do things. He's a very talented player, but he loses, he loses some, some things there where he does some things or makes some decisions. It's a decision-making in an important position that, that can drive this team wild. So I think this was one of those chances where it was like, we have to use you. We don't really have a choice, um, but just don't, you know, don't mess it up. And I think he did more than just not mess it up. I think he looked pretty good. Um, so those two guys, I would say, um, really help you. And if we're looking at this team that, that has a lot of firepower and, uh, you know, having a Danny Musovsky off the bench to maybe add a little bit more firepower is good. But it seems like if this team is, is, come, is humming along, you're going to need maybe guys like that that are smart veteran presences that can come late in the games and really kind of kill off a game. That's where LFC might really need someone off the bench. Yeah, and I think I think the, you know just to impact it right, impact it whether it's a goal or a pass or an assist like that. I think we saw the depth of LAFC throughout this break, and uh, you know we just we just saw from you know unexpected players like Christian Torres too. He may get some playing time, he may not. He may get ten minutes, five minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I think just all those all all those things. Even Mahala, right? We see Mahala come in. Um, I think, but I, I agree with you. I think it is, I think it's Danny Masovsky. I think it is, it is Jordan Harvey and it is El Munir. And obviously uh, we saw Bryce Duke a little bit, but I don't, I don't know how much he's going to be able to fight in there with the Twesta. I think it's going to be Janela, Cifuentes. Um, you know, I think, I, I think the midfield, we kind of already know who, who's going to be there. I know Mark may not, I think his injury may, may put him out for a couple of weeks or may, maybe longer than that because it looked like very, it looked very serious. But I think we know what to expect. But yeah, I would agree with you. I think Jordan Harvey, especially that, that, that game against Seattle where he saved, where he saved a, a goal from going in. Uh, I think I saw you tweet something out. That was, that was, that was an incredible save that he had. And I think he has essentially, I think he has, revived himself this this season because he, he went from last year not playing but i think he's done such a good job as a veteran player mm-hmm. um you know to stay prepared stay in shape you know and, and to know that his time is he's going to get another shot and when he gets that shot he's going to take advantage of that and that you're seeing that and i think it's it's exciting and also mohammed and monir um you know i think it's him and then i know you mentioned tristan blackman he we, we may see him um maybe potentially this week uh, if his hamstring looks to be all right um, another thing I want to get into um, is this game being on a, a, a ABC. I think this is the first uh, "quote unquote" prime time on local channel that uh, English channel that LAFC has been on. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, the the other the Galaxy game right when we came back was on Big Fox. Oh, was it was it just on regular Fox? Okay, yeah, it was on regular Fox. Yeah, so I think I think the way where this is going and where it's trending, you know, you're having these games on local channels and bringing, you know, growing the audience and stuff. I, I think it, it shows you where the league is going, where this team, and obviously to have LAFC and LA Galaxy, which I think is probably, if not the best rivalry in all, all of MLS, 
you want to put it on prime time. It is at 1230. It is going to be competing with the NFL, but hey, that that's just the way it goes. I think you are going to be able to get a lot of fans, a lot of first-time fans to be able to watch this game. And I think it's exciting for where the sport is going here in the States. Yeah, it's showing where, I think more than anything, it's just showing kind of where the rivalry is going and how certain teams like kind of separate themselves as much watch must watch teams. Uh, I think there's a lot of good teams in this league, but some of them maybe aren't as exciting to watch. So this LAFC versus galaxy is always much must watch TV. We know that um, Atlanta for the longest time was must watch TV with Miguel Almiron um, running around there. I think even the red bulls were kind of must watch cause they were just so frenetic and would come out mm-hmm. there. So you're kind of separating yourself um, when you say that, yeah, you've been on big Fox and now you're going to be on ABC. Like, those networks now see that there's some teams that are exciting enough. I mean, it's one thing to have a competitive game. There's plenty of competitive games, but you got to have this, some, some star power, some flash, some, some extra little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously it's been weird. We're still missing a, a good Carlos Vela, Javier Hernandez matchup, um, but there's still enough talent on these teams where, like, if I just tune, tuned in, um, on, you know, to Channel 7 randomly, uh, you're going to watch, you're going to see a good game, I, I think. But the biggest probably the biggest thing that's missing is you're, you're not going to see the atmosphere that you would have at bank. And that would have been, that would have been killer to get a, an ABC game at 1230 on a, on a Sunday. And just to, to have them have those mics out there and just have the vibe from the stadium. Um, The quality will be there, but I think we're going to miss, we're really going to miss that atmosphere. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that, I think not having the fans is number one. And I think, not having potential, we may see this. We don't know. We'll probably find out more information tomorrow, but the Carlos Vela and Chicharito matchup, obviously we know that Vela was injured. He, he got injured in the restart. He didn't go to the MLS's back tournament on the other side. Chicharito also got injured and he also has, he has not played well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's missed games, but he's missed those games due to injury. Um, and I think to me, I think that has been the biggest disappointment because it was all hyped up to have these two, these two superstars, right? These two Mexican superstars in LA battle. And I think this may be the last time we could see this this season. Um, we don't know. I, I was just speaking with Josh and I don't know what Chicharito's future may be uh, with the LA Galaxy because he, he, he does not look good right now. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's not playing that well, but I think. This is a game because um, you look at LAFC, they have four more games left, right? Um, if Bob, Bob Bradley has said that, we will see Carlos Vela back this season, or this season, right? So you have four more games. So I'm looking at the schedule. You got, uh, you got obviously LA Galaxy here at home. Then you, I think you got the Houston Dynamo at home. They go to San Jose. I don't think you play Carlos Vela in San Jose. I don't know if you watch some of the games, there, but that, that field is terrible. It, yeah. The players are slipping. I'm only saying that for, for, uh, uh, for an injury standpoint, I think that's terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they they've they've done a better job with that field or whatnot. And then they all, I think they come back with the Timbers um, at home. And I think so. You essentially you might have three games, and I think this m- might be one of those three games. Whether he comes off the bench, he plays twenty minutes. Uh, obviously, I think we're going to find m- more information. But I think this is a game. If he's ready to go, I think this is a game. Well, this is this could be Carlos Vela's first game back. Yeah, and I don't see him getting more than ten to fifteen minutes his first game back. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I mean, they're going to, they're going to treat him the same way they did at Twesta. And remember we saw him coming in at like the 80th minute to, to kind of get back. I think they're just going to be a lot more, a lot more cautious with him. Um, and that makes sense because one, you want him for the playoffs and two, there's been rumors that we're going to fire up the CONCACAF champions league again. So you want Carlos Vela peaking at those moments. You don't want to risk it. So you want to just kind of bleed him in slowly. Um, I think the team has enough quality that you're going to get, 
you can get a reasonable spot in, in the playoffs. And then I just, man, I relish the thought of thinking you could start a game and maybe be up one nil at halftime where you have Brian, you have Brian Rodriguez, you have BWP and you have Diego Rossi up top. And then Carlos is standing there at the midfield line. He's going to come in for 45 minutes or 30 minutes. Like if you're the opposing team and you're thinking <laughs> like, man, we've been holding on pretty it well. It doesn't then, stop. It keeps coming. Yeah. And then this guy's coming in. I mean, mentality is big, especially with no fans in the stands. Like you put your head down, teams will crush you. Um, and I think that's almost one of those like uh, mental warfare type things where like you, you're like, we'll just hold on to Carlos, hold on to Carlos. And they're like, eh, we're up two nil with 30 minutes. Why don't we put Carlos Villa in? And that's when the other, the opposing team just goes, ah, it's over. And they just yeah. kind of fold. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I think he, if he does come in, he probably, probably gets 10, 15 minutes, and you you slow, slowly work him up to to, put to to get to that 45. I don't I don't know if we'll see him play 90 um, within the next month. I don't know. I mean, I, we don't know. Obviously, at the same time, we don't know his fitness, right? We don't know yeah. how well that knee is. So we could potentially see him play more. We don't know what he's been doing in training. Um, because typically, obviously, we would go to the training. We could see who's training. You know, we could mm-hmm. see, like, the end of practice and everything. But I think – We'll find out potentially tomorrow if he plays. I'm with you. He plays 10, 15 minutes, and then you walk him in to play. You know, 45, the 90, or whatever. But I think yeah, uh, it's gonna be exciting. So if he who do who does he come in for? Is it is it is it BWP? Is it is it Rossi? Is it is it Rodriguez? Like who, who does he come in for? Is it or the, do you feel like the game will dictate that? I think the game definitely dictates that because you have so much versatility with with the guys. I mean, when they play without Carlos BWP is by far the the center forward. That's where he's best. He's not really very good at the wing, but when you take BWP out and now you got three guys and Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez and Carlos Vela, all three of those guys can pop up through the center. So um, I think it just dictates on, on what kind of center forward you want at the time, what kind of control you have over the game at the time. But um, there's a lot of versatility. I mean, I think the, the one thing that you might not see is probably like, uh, I, I wouldn't think he would come in for somebody like Diego Rossi, mm-hmm. right? Cause Diego's just, he's so fit. Um, he's been scoring so many goals this year. It just, it might, I don't, I don't see a Brian Rodriguez, BWP, Carlos Vela front, front three, just, just with fitness and just, yeah, with I, I agree with that. I um, agree with that. But, but in terms of, uh, how he comes in, yeah, I think it's it just gonna, it's just gonna come to the game. Although I would say maybe the prime, you know, choice, is usually BWP just cause he, he hasn't played a ton of nineties this year. And, and that's not so much his fault. It's just fitness. He's getting a little bit older, you know, the start stop nature of the season. And also the fact that we're playing every couple of days, I think they've been trying to make sure that they have peak BWP, especially when they consider that they were going to be up without Carlos for so long. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I'm with you on, that. I think he either comes in with uh for v, BWP or a uh, Brian Rodriguez. Cause uh, we, we, we seen Diego Rossi, he can last 90 plus minutes and obviously he has that speed and he, it doesn't look like he, he ever slows down, but I think when he comes in, it's going to be a, an exciting time, um, you know, because we haven't seen him pretty much at all this season. We saw him the restart what for a little bit and then, you know, he, yeah. get, he ended up getting injured, but I think, I mean, that's just the way 2020 has been. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way things have gone. But like, so moving on, obviously LAFC is fourth with 20, 25 points, um, you know, going to this match there, there are, there, they're currently, I think the top four teams 
get home field advantage. And I think if you're LRC, it makes sense. You want to keep, you want to stay at least fourth. Obviously, you want to move up. You got Sporting KC, which has 31 points. Uh, Portland and Seattle are tied right now for 30, 31 points each. Seattle Sanders lead, leads the, the table there. Um, do you see them potentially moving up a little bit higher? It looks like they can potentially, depending on how things go, they can potentially move up as high as third, maybe Second, I don't know. I mean, those top two, top three teams mm-hmm. are really, really tough. Uh, what, what do you see? Oh, I mean, they could potentially fall fall down because you got Minnesota yeah. right behind you with 24 points and also FC Dallas with 24 points and San Jose. Where where do you see LAFC falls in, falls, falls in here? Yeah, there's a lot of movement that can still happen. I would say I, I was looking at those top two teams and seeing, hey, they're separating each other a little bit, but now they're playing each other today, like tonight, at, at you know, probably – it's like 7.30 games, uh, Portland-Seattle tonight. So there's going to be movement, man. There's a chance. I mean, I don't necessarily think that LFC can get all the way up to the top spot, but it's not out of the realm, especially like we said when we talked about it earlier, getting all your internationals back, um, maybe getting Carlos Vela back. If you can go on a little run, that's the thing. Anyone that goes on a little run where they put like three or four games unbeaten, you're going to move up the standings quick. And mm-hmm. conversely, if you streak the opposite way, which the galaxy did for a little bit, you can find yourself at the very bottom very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's gotta be on Bob Bradley's mind going into this too, as we, as he's, uh, like I said, shortening the bench, figuring out exactly who his best team is to close out this season. Um, It's about getting points. You have to get points because just to middle and get draws and stuff like that, that's going to not start knocking you down. And you don't, I wouldn't want to be traveling um, at least in that first round match, because I, I think you'd still probably have to travel day up. And that's such a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, even going, even getting on like a bus uh, and going up to San Jose is, is a disadvantage. I mean, it's a short trip, but I wouldn't want to do it. I'd rather be at home. I'd rather, you know, sleep in my own bed, um, wake up, do my routine and come, come to the, uh, come to Bank California Stadium. Um, so I think they, they've got to really consider that, that they want to make sure that they're up in those top four, four spaces and how quickly you can drop from those top four spaces. Yeah. Cause you got the, including this game, um, 12 points up for grabs. If you went off for all four remaining games, we don't know about the Colorado game. I'm assuming I'm just going to speculate right now. I don't know if that game gets made up. I don't know where Colorado falls in this. I don't know if they continue or whatever, but I think, I, I think that game may be out of the reach. And I think right now, there's 12 points up to grab. Say they win all, all, all 12, I mean, all four games, they get all those 12 points. They, they move, they got 37 points and then, or you don't, you know what I'm saying? Or you get, you get, yeah. you get six of those points or whatever you get five, or whatever, depending how things go. I think, I, I think these, these, obviously these last four games are very crucial. Um, you definitely want to finish in the top four, which you mentioned, cause you don't, you don't, you don't have to travel. You stay in the same routine. You got to stay in your city. Um, and then obviously it's the knockout round too. And then on top of that, you also, like you said, potentially CONCACAF. It looks like it may be in December, which I think was reading whatever you may have CONCACAF, whether I think they were thinking California, Texas, Florida. Yeah, having like they're just going to bubble somewhere. They're going to have to, and that makes sense. I would say, because I think um, with the way they're going to do it, I mean, LAFC and Cruz Azul are the only ones that didn't start their their quarterfinal. And so the rest of them are going to finish out, but they only need one game anyways. And then LAFC, Cruz Azul will be just one game, winner take all. Um, and so the most you could play as a team is three games. You could do that in 10 days, 10 to 12 days. So why not just bubble for those 10 to 12 days with those teams? Teams lose, they, they leave the bubble. Teams that stay, stay in, and they're only there for 12 days. And then you can wrap it up, and hopefully the guys can be home for Christmas. 
you know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, with that, with that one game, I didn't know those 12 days, but yeah, that makes more sense, you know, just to, just hopefully they do it in California so we can go, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that, I mean, that, why not? Bank California Stadium's got a very nice pitch. It's very, very perfect for a professional setting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I wonder if they would. I'm assuming they would. They would have to do it at Bank California, but I don't know how much of an advantage that would give, obviously, LAFC that all the games are in LA. I don't know how the other teams would feel about that, but uh, I want I want it to be here, man. I really do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only thing, I think it would just come down to uh, logistics, right? Can you get all the teams into enough hotels and safely into hotels? It seems like the reason why they people, they'll go to places like Texas and Florida, the, there seems to be a higher... Uh, likelihood that you can get people safely in a hotel and get them safely to and from the stadium. The reason why I can see them going to Texas or Florida is the same reason why the World Series is there. It's because you can have fans. And I think mm-hmm. I think in California we may we may not have that because I think if they try to squeeze, which we know squeeze as much money as they can out of these, I think it, we may see it go to Cal I mean Texas or Florida. Mm-hmm. Because so they yeah. so they can have fans, so that's that's the only that's the only thing that keeps it back in my mind. I'm just like, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> that that's just like the only thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think that's it, Vince. I think it's a, it's a, it's a very ex- a very exciting time um, for what's going on with the sport. Uh, four games left. Uh, you know, moving forward, we're gonna see what this game. Like you said, I think you and I are on the same page. Oh, one more thing, I want I want to I want to hit this on. Brian Rodriguez made the 20, 22 under 22, ranked number two in all, all of MLS. I forgot what I want to hit on this point. What do you think of the 20? I don't know if you saw the list. What do you think of the list? And what do you think of uh, Brian Rodriguez being number two, ranked number two? I did. I liked the list a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think Brian's fair number two, and a lot of people might be screaming. But, like, you look at his numbers, he's in the top five in assists. Um, maybe he's not scoring as many goals as people expected, but we, you and I have talked about this. That was always going to be his last – his next, his last progression. Once he starts scoring goals, he's out the door, man. He's going to Europe. He's, mm-hmm. he's the finished product or as close as he can be in MLS. Um, but when you look at a goal, like he scored, uh, against real salt Lake, when he just takes the guy on at the top of the box, accelerates by him, and then is able to chip the goalkeeper. A lot of what people are basing their assessment on is something like that. And there's few players in this league, especially at that age that can do something like that. And so I think that that's fair. And I think, you know, Brendan Aronson's going to go to uh, to Red Bull Salzburg. Um, and he's been a little bit, he's had maybe not as high ceiling as Brian has, but he's been productive already right now. So I think it's fair that maybe he's number one um, and Brian's number two, because you know people would have lost their mind if Brian would have been number one. Oh, yeah, they would. And another thing, I know it's 2022. I don't know what how they judge by the date. Diego Rossi's still 22 years old. So I don't know if what what it what it is or how it plays into it maybe because he was already number one last year or whatever they they didn't want to put him on there but i was like man like i looked at the day i don't know what the criteria is i think you had to turn i think you had to be under 22 before the end of the season so the fact that he turned 22 right at the start of the season took him out of it okay that makes sense but yes he would be the easy number one yeah, and obviously, like, we got to see a lot of the young talent that LAFC has, and it just goes to show, right, when they make this list. Uh, obviously, you want to see that. Also, maybe next year, I want to see where Christian Torres finishes because I think mm-hmm. he's, defi- he's definitely going to be on that list, um, you know, and it's just going to just go prove, like, that's what – I think that's one thing that I really like about LAFC. You got the you got the senior vets. You have the superstar, obviously, in Carlos Vela, but also you got these young players that are hungry and they're motivated, and they're making lists like this, right? Yeah. Jose C. Fuentes would probably be on the list next year. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would almost guarantee. 
Yeah, that, uh, Jose Sinfuentes. Uh, like, I mean, the list goes on and on uh, for LAFC. So give me, give me, give me. I know, I know it's a, it's a tricky, uh, it's a, it's a tricky game. Uh, we don't know who could win. But what's, what do you think is the scoreline for this LAFC versus LA Galaxy this weekend? I like a three-one LAFC. Now that I said that, I probably jinxed it. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I feel. I, I feel like. I feel like they've come they've come through better um, defensively, and I they like we've already talked about with Eddie and Mario, and maybe with Tristan coming back. I, I like how solid they can be against the Galaxy, but I still feel like they push forward so much that it leaves them exposed to somebody like Christian Pavone picking up a good spot and maybe getting a goal. But as long as LFC can get out and get a multi-goal lead and and be the aggressor and be the one on the front foot, like that game when they played at Dignity Sports Park where they lost, ended up losing three nil. But for that first half. Um, they were the better team. They just didn't yeah, take advantage of their. If they just would have gotten their goal. Who knows what that half could have had? And but that's where these games are so tricky, man. Mm-hmm. Because if you give, it's a rivalry game, and the Galaxy aren't going to quit. So if they, if you let them build into the game, it's gonna, it's really gonna fall back on you. So LAFC needs to make sure they're a little bit more clinical, um, and and clean up a little bit in the back. But I think it's okay as long as you're finishing your chances. Okay, to at least to not not get the clean sheet in this instance. Yeah, I know, and I think it's. Uh, Gonna be exciting. I hope these games always are high scoring, and that's what I hope for. Like another, another high scoring game uh, between these two teams. So, but yeah, Vince, uh, thank you for being on. Let the people know where they can follow you. Uh, I'm at LAC Vince on Twitter, and I'm that's how you soccer with underscores underneath on Instagram. Follow Twitter; it's much better. My Instagram is just me. Like today, I posted a silly picture of uh, a bunch of birds at the beach. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. You got um, pet birds I'll- over there, or what? No, there was, I was just, I went to the beach to do a little, uh, do a little fitness, you know, maybe I can make my soccer come back. Um, but there was a bunch of sandpipers. They're cute little birds out there. Um, so yeah, Twitter is much better if you want to follow for soccer reasons. And then obviously you can check me out on uh, 110 football TV. That's Thursday nights, uh, on, on YouTube and then you know, 110 football TV on Twitter and Instagram. Well, there you go. There you have it guys for all things LAFC. You got Vince LaRosa. Right there, if you want to follow him, go ahead and check him out. Obviously, guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to give it a five-star rating. Uh, you can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, wherever you get your music. You can follow me at Gio Garcia on Twitter as well. Make sure to check out LA Soccer Hub on all your social media platforms. For events, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.